This program is sponsored by the partners and friends of Clifford Craft Ministries. First John chapter 4, and we're going to do verse 1 through verse 4. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but try or test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming to come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Verse 4. But he says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. You see that? For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And uh, verse 6 says, we are from God. I want to take a moment to uh, go back on some things that I've said to you um, A lot of times, a lot of times. And that is, the greater one is actually the Holy Ghost in your spirit. If someone would ask me, how does one spirit, the Holy Spirit, dwell in millions of people. I wouldn't have the answer for that. I guess if I thought to do some research and study, maybe I could come up with something that would sound satisfactory, but the truth is, the Bible says he dwelled there by faith. Christ dwells in your heart, the scripture says, by faith. Faith. So everyone that has faith, he dwells in your spirit. Now, when you were born again, your spirit became like him, the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Your own spirit. Somebody say, I have a spirit. I have a spirit. No, you don't have no spirit. spirit. You are a spirit. (laughs) The Holy Ghost came and you were regenerated according to Titus 3 and 5. If you were regenerated, it must mean then that you had been generated. Right. 
<laughs> and so he regenerated, and that means made you alive. That's what that means. We were once dead in the trespasses of our sins, the Bible said. It said, but now we are alive in Christ Jesus. And God is very, very powerful. We don't even know what power is. We can only imagine. We can only imagine. If you think in terms of everything in this world that could be considered powerful, God is a million times more powerful. Can you receive that? That's the greater one that lives in us. Real quickly now, we often accept what we shouldn't accept. Do I say it enough? No, God, I don't say it enough. I don't say it enough. We accept, put up with what we shouldn't put up with. Until you have a day or an experience where you became angry with your own self for something that you allowed to happen to you, then you, you're not even getting close to touching what God would have you to experience. About the greater one inside of you. It has to at least make you upset a little bit that you allow things to happen to you. It has to, to at least bother you. And not, not temporarily. Not something you'll get over with. But something you will maintain until a change comes yes. in your life. You have to get upset with your own weaknesses in order to maintain real strength that comes from God. If it's okay with you that every once in a while you experience a little setback, a little sickness, a little pain, it'll probably happen more frequently if it's okay with you. You have to dislike it, hate it, that sickness and pain, diseases and all those things will try to come up on your body, especially when it begins to do serious damages to your body. You know why? Because your body belongs to the Lord. It's his temple. The Bible says that our bodies, God's temple. Yeah. Scriptures say he dwelled inside of us. You hear me? Yes, now, it then become apparent then that I must be the one that's responsible for it 
because if not, I would ask God, God, why don't you do something about this pain that I'm having since, I'm, since my body is your temple? Why don't you stop this, God? You know what he would say to me? You stop. You stop your pain. You know what God would ask us? Why do you allow that? <laughs> we like, God, 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 if I could do something about it, I would. He said, you can do something about it. I don't know, God. What can I do about this, God? What can I do? He said, you can speak to it. And I began to speak to it. And he asked, do you believe that when you spoke to your body, your body heard you? Do you believe that? And we go, I hope so, God. No, no. Do you believe that when you spoke to your body, your body heard you? Well, yeah, if you say so, God. No, what do you say? What do you say about it? Well, you just said it, God, so I go along with you. Oh, no, you see. So, <laughs> you see, so that's the argument that we have. Watch this here. Unconsciously. Yeah. We're not fully aware that we argue with the truth almost daily. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it. You ready? If he said that by his stripes I'm healed and I experience sickness and diseases, there has to be a reason why. One more time. One more time. If his word says that I'm healed, Yet I experience sickness and disease, diseases that have to be a reason why. So he asked me, do you believe my word? Yes, God, I believe your word. Then receive your healing. And immediately we check to see if the thing's still there. Why? That's the argument that we're having about it. You ready for this? It's the spirit and the soul engaging in a type of war. The only one or the only thing that settles the issue or settled who won the fight between the, the spirit and the soul is who? You ready for this? I just quoted a scripture. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder or separating the spirit from the soul and the marrow from the bone is the deserter of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word comes in as an umpire, a referee, the fight. All right. See? So while my flesh or my soulish area is debating whether it's healed or not, 
My spirit has already said so. The referee comes in the word of God and say, yes, you're right. It is so. So I can actually, and and in a lot of times it happened, remain sick for a long time, not coming into agreement with God's word. And what happened, the mercies of God have to come and heal me. Because I'm not getting my healing. And I'm sick for a long time and ain't nothing getting better here. I don't get it, God. Now I cry out to God for his mercy. For his mercy. And he heals me. You ready for this? So I don't grow in God. I don't grow. I keep on doing life the way I normally do it. Amen. The test comes again. And it ain't God. God ain't putting it on you. But he's watching the whole thing. So the same one that put it on you first time, he's coming again. To put it on your second time. So God watch to see what will you do about it this time. Kenneth Hagin Sr. said, after a while, the mercy runs out. And God lets you go on home. That's what Papa Hagin said. He's an awesome teacher on healing, on healing. He prayed for his sister who had terminal cancer. You read that? Prayed for her to be healed. God heard his prayer, healed his sister. What did it say? It came back. She refused to change her way. He prayed again and God said, what? I'm not going to heal her. She left here. I'm not going to do it. So what happened? He shows us where God extends mercy again and again, but after a while, amen, no mercy for that. No mercy for that. So you leave out of here. If you're a child of God, no doubt you go to heaven. Are you with me? But you don't stay here. Are you with me? Why? According, these are his words. She refused to change and began to feed herself the word of God. Jesus gives this in the Bible. He said, when a spirit is cast out of a man, Sometimes that spirit carries sickness and diseases. Remember, he went about and healed a lot of people by casting that demon out of them. I, I, so sometimes, if not all the time, because I don't want to argue with nobody, amen, there's a demon that causes it. It doesn't mean that the person is demon-possessed. It means that the demon is causing their illness. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus said, that when the spirit is cast out of a man, it goes into dry places or dry and airy places where it finds no rest. Demons don't find rest. 
They're without rest. How many of you heard what I just said? They're without rest. All right, all right. So it says to itself, I'm going back into the house in which I came out of and finds that house swept, garnished, clean. Nothing in replace of the demon's place. The house is just empty. The demon come back and the, and the Lord said that it brings with it seven more devils worse than what it is. And the end of that person's life, amen, is just horrible. It happens to people. Why? Because it's too easy to come to church and do a little church stuff and be too satisfied with that. Are you with me? I'm going to say this. I never said this before. I already know by that scripture that we have to be filled up. I don't have to ask nobody. We have to be filled up because anything that's half filled or partly filled, you can get plenty more stuff in there. And if you're not putting God in that space, there's another one will occupy that space. It'll happen to Christians. He'll come and occupy that space, that empty space. So watch this. Watch this here. He will frustrate a, a child of God. Frustrate them so much and he'll have them even questioning whether they even save or not. That's how much he will frustrate them. Because they'll be calling on God, crying out to God, saying prayers, but not getting any better. That's why he make them second guess their salvation and make them question God. But all they have to do, all they have to do, I say all they have to do, amen, is pick this up. This is the answer to everybody's problem in the world. This is the problem solver. It is. I want you to turn your Bible, if you will, to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Let me know where you're at, Joshua. You're there? Are you there? Okay, good. <clears throat> I'm going all the way to... Uh, to verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant or servant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am given to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. I want to stop at verse 3 and say something to you. And I don't know. I don't know. It might be too difficult for some of you to believe. Amen. <clears throat> the people... Of the old covenant. 
were not in a better place than you are. Don't you never think that. Don't, ne don't never think that. When you read the Old Testament and you enjoy all that you see God doing for those people, he done a million times more for you. That's the reason I say I know, I know people look at themselves and look at their situation and say, I just can't see how that's so. You have to understand something. That you are a person of faith. Remember now, he said that the just are going to live their life by faith. He does something very special for you that, that he didn't do for them. They could only look to the high priest. They could only go to the prophet when it was convenient for them to get to the prophet. Not everybody had access to the prophet. And the high priest, listen to me. He put himself in you. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you think for a second with me? Why don't you think for a second? And on purpose, I want you to do this now. Haven't you heard about the God who created everything? Sure you have. And you heard about all the miraculous things that he done in the Old Testament and Jesus, the few years that he was in the flesh, walking on water, speaking to storms, raising the dead, opening blind eyes, feeding the multitude. What don't you think about this? He lived inside of you. I'm talking about that God. Why don't you get religion out of your mind right now? Forget, forget that religious stuff. See the God who created heaven and earth. Seeing your body worthy for him to come and take up residence inside of your body. He lives in you. He lives in you. And for those times that we allow something to make us forget that because we're being challenged by something, it is a lack of faith. It is a lack of faith. And Jesus told his disciples, he said, your faith is weak. You have weak faith. He said, oh, ye of little faith. Your faith is so weak. Because basically he was saying to them, once when the water is now coming into the ship and they feel like they're drowning, he said, oh, yeah, little faith. Why did he say it? Because he has shown himself to be God right there with them time and time again. And for them to cry out because they're challenged by something, amen, that bothered him. That bothered him. Oh, ye a little faith. And one person would stand up and say, well, Lord, what are we supposed to do? My God, this thing was driving. We were going down, God. <laughs> and he would have to say to you again, did I not tell you? 
that I'm the son of God. And basically what he was saying was I'm, I'm God in the flesh. Peter even admitted it one time because God permitted him to burn. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And when they were threatened, Peter denied him three times. Why, Pastor Crab? Amen. That's a separation. The soul from the spirit. You know what the word has said to him? You're going to deny me three times. That's what the word said. Because the word becomes the, the arbitrator. The word becomes the judge. Amen. That decides. Amen. Amen. That balance. You know what I mean? The word shows you, amen, when it's tilted one way or the other. Amen. And when it's, a, when it's balances. Amen. With the worried and with God inside of us. It's difficult for God to be God inside of us without the word. Because if a person does not believe in the Bible, says, first of all, one must believe that he is. You see? So if a person cannot believe by the word that he is, then he's not a rewarder to that person. It's a rewarder to those that believe. Say amen. In Joshua, in verse 4, it says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Did you hear that? Yeah. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And just as I will be with Joshua, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Where's the, where's the words found in the New Testament? In the book of Hebrews. In the, in the 13th chapter, I believe it is, in the fifth verse. Fifth, sixth, and verse. Fifth, and, uh, sixth, and seventh verse, I believe it is. Same words. I will not leave you, nor forsake you, nor abandon you, or leave you as an orphan. Amplified Bible. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And many times we feel forsaken because of some present situation that appear to be real. It's only real in the eyes of the mind of the one who's having that experience and believe that that's what yeah. they have. It become real then. Other than that, it is false. Amen. False evidence, you said? 
are appearing real. Jonah called those same things lying vanities. He said it's just not real. Can you imagine a man in the belly of a fish? And he said, these are lying vanities? Everybody else is saying, no, no, do you in there. You in that belly. You in the belly of a fish. No, no, no. But Jonah never agreed with that. He never did agree with that. He was worshiping God inside the fish. Worshiping God. Telling God how wonderful. I mean, y'all read it sometimes. He wasn't saying nothing about terror and, you know, oh, God. No. And because of his testimony, because of his testimony, the fish didn't have no other choice. So the fish took him to the, I guess, close to the bank, whatever, uh, or close to the land, amen, and vomit him up out of there. But I thought you're supposed to be in the belly of a fish. That means you're gone. That means you don't exist. If you saw a fish swallow, man, what would you say? It's too late, y'all. Let go. Let go, y'all. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on, baby. Get up off your knees. Ain't no sense of crying like that. That fish got him, baby. That fish got him. Come on. Come on. And this is the way we do life. We do life like that because it appeared to be. They said, they said after my mother had been in a coma for about two and a half, three months, they said, call the family in because we're going to have to just go. We got to take off that machine. She'd been on that machine too long. My brothers agreed that, well, she old now, so we just have to let her go. I said, who going to let who go? <laughs> no, you're laughing. You're laughing. This is true. This is true. I said, nobody going to let nobody go. So the doctor, Dr. Flegel, right here in Athens, Georgia, you want to ask her about Cynthia Thompson, ask her. She told my family, she's gone. If we, um, if we take off that machine, she won't stay here, not even a second. I said, but you're not going to take off the machine, though. And I stood up for the woman that I loved. My brothers were saying some crazy stuff, and I said, you know what? I don't care. Guess who going to get the last word right here? I am. I'm not the oldest, but I'm going to get the last word. Y'all ain't listening, are you? Y'all ain't listening? I said, no, no, no. What, what, what have we done all this praying for? Amen, if God can't raise her back up. What, what were we praying for? God, I call that. I felt that. What were, we, what were we going through all of that if we didn't believe it in the first place? You get my drift? It made no sense that we're going to go through all of that. Come on. And take the word of the doctor. I said, no, you're not unplugging nothing. You're not unplugging it. I wasn't trying to be ugly. I was trying to say that's my mama. That's what I was trying to say. And we're not unplugging anything. Did you hear me? It looked like she had been swallowed up by death. 
It looked like the fish had just taken her under and that was it. No. No. Do you know not one time did I see in my head that my mother was dead when they told me that she was dead? Not one time did I agree with it right here. I, did, I just didn't see it. No, shame. Now leave her alone. Leave her alone. Oh, but did it bless me on the day. As she opened up those eyes. Had a beautiful smile on her face. Oh, did that bless me right there. The devil want me to start talking about that. I ain't going to start talking about it. When, 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 when Michael's wife, Cece, died, I asked him a question. What do you believe? He said, I don't know, Pastor. My, my family want me to go ahead and, and unplug it. I said, what, 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 what do you believe? He said, I need you to come down here. And I went to Augusta, and his mother wanted to fight me. Oh, she did. She said, who do you think? You think you God? I said, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I said, Mike, that's your wife. But you let your mama get the last word here, brother. That's your wife. She might have been in a coma for a long time, but he called me and said, Claire. I said, aha. He said, the woman is back. I, I, I just think that people really do believe that when they t- tell you that You've lost a house. At some point, you buy it. <laughs> and you just let, you let them have a house. Yeah. You know. But then that's just the way that, uh, you know, God will cause us to think. You know, it, it, it looks like everything is lost. It looks like, you know, wait. You know what? I can't do nothing. I, don't, I can't do nothing. But you see, the African brother asked me years again, who told you that? Right. Hallelujah. Right. And it taught me to believe, amen, that you, there are two voices. And you have to choose which one you're going to hear. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah. One say that you have lost. You can't win. It's over with. It's over with. And the other one says, I've given you life. Yeah. And that more abundantly. Yeah. And you have to make a choice. Which one are you going to believe? My wife was sharing with me the other day. She said that a couple of times she said, I, you either said that you were dying or dying or dead or something. And she said, but you spoke life back in me. You spoke life back in me. 
And I thought about that. I said, I don't even remember that. I don't remember that. Well, she said I did, so I guess I did. But I, but, but, but I tell you this much, because I never saw her dying. She did. She thought she was dying. I never did think that. You get me through? I, I really don't remember that. She does, but I don't. You know why? Because I never saw her dying. I do her the same way, amen, when she's dealing with something. Amen. I go in there and pray with her, and I go on back doing what I'm doing. Now, the devil tell her he don't care. <laughs> I mean, that's both truth and false. That's both truth and false. I care about her, but I don't care about what she's dealing with. You know why? We just pray. Oh, y'all, y'all, Lord Jesus, your Lord Jesus, amen. What well, I mean? We just got through praying. And I thought Jesus say, amen, when you pray, you cast your cares. You get rid of them. You cast the care. You let it go. You give it to God. Glory be to God. You take no thought. You be careful for nothing. Hallelujah. That's when you see the blessings of God. That's when you see the favor of God. That's when you see the awesome hand of God. When you learn to do that. Look, 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 and, and I move on. God said in verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. That's what God would cause every preacher to do. Cause the people to inherit the land. Tell them who God is. Tell them the truth. And don't back off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is awesome. Our God is powerful. He's not limited and neither are you. Because he lives inside of you. Hallelujah. Amen. You can walk around and believe that there's a lot of things that's hindering you. And then go tell people. You know, right now I just feel like I'm being hindered. Well, well, that's what you said. You got to be able to say, I don't have no limitation. Because God don't have no limitation. And the greater one lives inside of me. I don't have boundaries. One more time, one more time. How, how could you be limited and he's not? Unless you're denying that he lives in you. I cannot lie. I got to tell the truth. God lives in me. Yeah, God lives in me. Ain't no sense of me lying. Hey, let me just tell the truth. God lives in me. Yeah. 
Come on. Amen. So watch this here. Amen. So the bill come and you ain't got no money. You got to be bold enough so you say, you know what, I, got, I can't tell no lie. God, God meet all my needs. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I might well go and tell you the truth. Ain't no sense to me acting like something wrong, but ain't nothing wrong. Amen. God supply all my needs. Glory be to God. I'm not living it. Well, well, my bank account say, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Look at me. I said, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I'm not looking at you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I, don't you know that I got enough to know, amen, that many a times I preach like this just for some of the members, amen, to go hear something else, preach somewhere else. I, I, you know, whatever. I don't care. You know what I mean? Amen. Totally contradict what I said. I confuse the stuff out the people. Yet they had the Bible in their hand. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm not telling this is not a clear craft message. I'm quoting the Bible, people. This is the word of God. So I don't care what Rev. Digmo said. Amen. It's what God said that matter. It's what God says that matter. Hallelujah. Consider this. Consider this. God told them people, he said, look, for now, understand. You'd be head and not tail. What? God, God, yes. You're going to be blessed going out and coming in. What? Yes, yes, you are. Ah! You're going to be on top and never on the bottom. Oh, God, oh, God. God said that. I say this all the time. God said that to a people under the old covenant. Hold your hand right there where you are. Everybody. Go to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Do you know a lot of time I be thinking that you're listening to me? I do. <laughs> then later I hold a conversation with you and I say, doggone. They were looking like they were listening. <laughs> All right. You didn't lose your page because you're going right back there. Look, if you will, at Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6. You ready? But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. Now read it from your translation. Tell me, what do you see? That we have a covenant that is a thousand times greater, if not a million times greater than the covenant that they had. Yet they were blessed, highly favored, on top and not on the bottom. Blessed going out, coming in. Blessed lying down. Blessed rising up. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. I'm, I'm challenging you today, and I ain't going to take it back. If you're not able to say even what they said, 
considering what this just said about us, about you and me, then you know good and well you're not acting like a believer. Because the Bible says, that, read it again, verse 6, read it from your translation. What does it say? Will somebody read it for me? Verse 6. Say that again. Jesus was what? Say it. Has, are you saying not a now? That's what I'm trying to hear. Now, say it. Okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. Do you see that? Do you see that? Amen. Now, now, now go back now. Joshua. All right, look at verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Did I read that? Yeah. Having good success wherever you go. Wherever you go. My God, my God. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written therein. Watch this. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Think about that. Turn back to Hebrew 8 and 6. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he meditates is better since it is enacted on better promises. Yeah. Kind of mighty. Yeah. Under that old covenant, according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, they would be a people that would be superior to all people. Yeah. He, he even goes on to say that no man would be able to stand before them. Yeah. Think about it. He said that they would have so much finance, income, that they would never have to borrow it, that they would be lenders. That's what he said. Never have to borrow. Never. They would be the one that lend. Thank you for tuning in. We know that for those who receive, your lives have been radically transformed by the power of the word of God. Today is the day of your salvation. Are you ready to grow in your walk with the Lord? We are located at 3701 Atlanta Highway, Suite 16 in Athens, Georgia. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So to hear today's message again, visit our website at trueagapechristianchurch.org. Thank you and God bless you.